Jolene, it's the year 2023. Maybe it's time to break free. Jolene, which is a greeting used now among my friends and accomplices, is an Aztec word. It means earthquake, movement, and change of heart. Olin is the meme that you find in Aztec mythology and in chronology recorded on the great Aztec calendar wheel that was discovered in Mexico City at the end of the 19th century, I believe, or maybe later. The Aztec calendar wheel is a model of the five ages of the Aztec system of time, which was complex and also extremely precise and related closely to the Mayan calendar. So according to the Aztec paradigm of ages, there are five ages called the five suns. And we are currently living in the age of the fifth sun, which I date chronologically from 3102 BCE to 2216 of the current era, a little less than 200 years to go. And that period of time, which is about one-fifth of the great precessional cycle of 25,920 years, matches almost identically to Kali Yuga of the Hindu calendric system. So the age of the fifth sun in which we live is the age of Kali Yuga. And we live in the closing centuries of that age. And the clock is ticking fast. So I'm here today to say something about this change of heart. The meme of Odin is a hieroglyph. It's depicted in several variations in the stone iconography of the Aztecs. And I suggest to you that this meme, Olin, is also in some mysterious way written into your neuro-linguistic circuits. And if that is so, then you might imagine that it is a kind of key, maybe a key algorithm or a key code that is actually in your neurological system and by extension in your genetics. If you can imagine that, then you might consider, you might allow that it's possible that were you to tap on that meme in its genetic 
formula. It is a genetic formula. If you were capable of accessing that genetic key in your own identity, then you could actually initiate an epigenetic change in your existence at the species level. I've spoken of this epigenetic change a lot before, and I've called it the mutation 2A11. There is an actual mutation in progress, and it is possible that you could acquire the knowledge and the capacity to select yourself into this mutation, you see? And the way to do that would be to access and activate the source code function represented by the cipher of Olin. This is not fantasy. This is not make-believe. This is not an act of pretending. This is a description of something true, something physical, and something that can be proven. But every single individual has to prove it to himself or herself. That's the way it works. There's a saying among the Shaktas, the devotees of the wisdom goddess. And I don't know if I've cited it before on my YouTube talks, but it's a beautiful saying. And it goes like this. The fate of the kalpa turns on one life at a time. Now to translate that, the kalpa is the 25,900 year period of precession. It is one day, one single day in the life of the earth. And in this one single day of almost 26,000 years, the entire experiment on earth is running. The divine experiment is running. And the designers of this experiment, in which you are the key subject, have arranged it so that any single individual at any moment can affect the total outcome of the total experiment. The fate of the kalpa, or world drama, turns on one life at a time. So I'm here to talk about the change of heart required in order for you to make the choices in your life that can change the outcome of the entire experiment on this planet. So here goes. Shall I give it a try? Now what I have to say it's pretty straightforward, and I'm confident that I can talk almost in common sense terms to you, and that I can talk to your heart as well as your mind. But there is one thing I have to do before I begin, 
I have to tell you about something that may pose a difficulty for your understanding. In fact, I'm quite sure it will. And this concerns the way that your mind works in your mind. See, over all these years that I started out getting some tread on the internet as a Gnostic scholar and talking about the remake and upscaling of Gnosticism, through all these years I've finally come to the view that it's better to call Gnosticism today, which is nothing like it was in the past, applied noetics. So I teach applied noetics. And what is that? It is the technique of learning to use your mind in the way it is designed to work. And this technique is not esoteric. It's not academic. It's not metaphysical. It's accessible to anyone. Now, I have to make a point about a phenomenon of your mind before I get to my later point. So bear with me. Sometimes what I teach comes over easy and fast or fast and furious. Sometimes you might have to struggle with what I'm trying to explain. Fair enough? When you look at the way your mind works or the way anybody's mind works, speaking of the human animal, the anthropoid, it's obvious how it works. There is an internal voice. You hear an internal voice. And this internal voice, which is the voice of your mind, sometimes called the internal monologue, is always running. It's like a radio that's constantly on. And you have the option to just let the radio play and give attention to what's running through your mind randomly, perhaps, from one subject to another. And you have the option to turn the dial of the mental radio and tune into a channel and concentrate on that. So you could go on a walk and let your mind run randomly and just listen to the internal monologue. Or you could decide, I'm going to go on a walk because I want to think about the new car that I want to buy. Or a message I want to send to my mother or something that I want to record and release on the internet. You get the point. It has an involuntary and a voluntary or elective function. Now let's look at the elective function. So you decide that you're going to use your mind to think about something specific, an idea, a task, a project, a problem, a possibility. Everyone does it all the time. It's nothing mysterious about applied noetics. It always starts from the basics that are already there. But you will have also noticed, and everyone notices, that there is a particular modality that happens with the inner monologue. There is a point, mysteriously, apparently randomly, when you sometimes find that it's actually an inner dialogue. So instead of just letting what's running in your mind play out, 
you find at certain moments that you're talking to yourself in your own mind, right? Is this mysterious? Is this metaphysics? I don't think so. Everyone has this experience. Now, this is called the interior dialogue. But the technical term for it in applied noetics is duplexion. D-U-P-L-E-C-T-I-O-N or X-I-O-N. Duplexion is the mental condition in which you find yourself experiencing a dual voice function in your mind. You're at the source of your own mind. You are at the source of the inner voice, which mysteriously makes no sound, although you do hear it. And at the same time, there seems to be, there appears to be at moments an echo chamber, a returning voice. Now, if you're a sane and stable person, you realize immediately that The returning voice is not someone else. It's just a modality in which your mind converses with itself as if there were two people, two subjects, right? And that's as far as it goes. So you can have an argument with yourself in your mind. You can encourage or discourage yourself. And this function is called duplexion or a dual voice, dual audio channel in your mind. And it's perfectly normal, and everyone has it. And the designers of the human species arranged so that we could have this function. But hold on. There's something else that can happen with duplexion. Most intelligent and informed people in our time know about the phenomena of schizophrenia or multiple personality syndrome, borderline personality syndrome. It has a number of psychiatric designations. And what happens in this phenomenon? Quite simple. A human subject, such as yourself or myself, in the process of duplexion or the internal dialogue falls under the impression that the other voice is not actually our own. It's the voice of some other entity or agency talking to us in our own mind, in our normal mind. And there are many forms it takes, of course. There are an imaginary number of countless people in the world who engage in this variation of duplexion when they pray. And they believe that they hear a voice in their mind, that is the voice of God or Jesus or whomever. It's a common phenomenon in the religious experience of human animals. And of course, with schizophrenics and other people who suffer the dissociation and alienation of our society today at the end of Kali Yuga, well, the devil made me do that. You know, the devil spoke to me. 
or whomever spoke to me. Someone here, their deceased, some people here, their deceased relatives speaking to them in duplexion. Now, what is the problem to be solved here? It's a really explicit problem, and it's extremely important. In fact, I consider what I'm telling you now one of the most imperative issues in applied noetics. There is a question of discrimination. Can you really discriminate the voices that you hear in your mind so that you clearly know that you are operating in case A, talking to yourself, or you are hearing voices and thoughts in your mind that do not originate there. They originate elsewhere. Nevertheless, they're operating in your mind in the same way that your own thoughts operate in your mind, aren't they? How can you tell the difference? How can you tell when duplexion, which is the interior dialogue, is connecting you to a voice or an intelligence that is not actually your own. How can you know that? So far, so good. This is a preview of a talk you can find at full length for free on nemata.org on the page of Planetary Tantra.